Listening to the Paul Boy World Championships podcast. Hello, Steve here, welcoming you to the 100th edition of the Paul Boy podcast. We're handing this episode over to Bob, as we talked about on our World Championship preview, as he was out and about speaking to a number of the British team down in Bath last week. Before I go, one thing to ask, though, a small favour, if you will, if you're listening on Apple or Spotify, please do leave us a review. We'd really appreciate it. But let's get on with it. Uh, hand you over to Bob, who's speaking first to Olympic champion Tom Dean, and then we'll hear from his coach, Dave McNulty, uh, and then a bit from Freya Anderson. Right, Tom Dean, tell me what life has been like since last July. Since last July, it's been a lot busier than I've ever experienced before. I've had a lot more commitments outside of the pool. It's something I've had to juggle around my training, um, which has been exciting. I've had incredible opportunities. You know, I've worked with some really great partners and we've got some really great ongoing partnerships, commercial partnerships. And I've been to loads of different events. I've given talks here and there. I've been to award shows. It's been absolutely incredible and, and a lot to take on board initially. And summer last year was just crazy. You know, I couldn't set foot out of my house without being stopped. And congratulated most of the time which was really exciting and 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 i still do today which is which is great um but yeah it's just been it's been a pretty roller coaster 11 months how do you take to all that because your expectations going into the Olympics, i imagine were hopefully we'll get a medal mm-hmm. hopefully do pretty well but the fact that then you become somebody can't walk down your high street without getting mobbed in autographs and photos mm-hmm. so it, it, it transformed your world completely yeah no it, it absolutely has but i feel like i feel like i'm where i should be i feel like where i deserve to be i love um doing public events i i I love talking to people about the sport i love when people stop me in the street and 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 say you know brilliant things about the olympics and myself my swims it's it's an honor to be in this position um and you know i wouldn't have it any other way but it has taken a lot of getting used to and i feel like every time i um i I kind of get any experience i do another public talk i I feel like i get better and better at it and i kind of hone in on my skills slightly but um no it's it's been a really special special year how many times have you watched that race back? <laughs> Not as many as you probably think. I think I think I, I, I end up watching it back when I do talks and things like that because people normally put it on the big screen before my speech. And I always think I'm not going to get the touch. I always think I'm not going to get the touch on those lights. I know how quick Duncan's closing speed is. But, you know, I lunge and I, I, I get it by a few hundredths a second and it's just incredible and I end up reliving it every time I watch it. So, yeah, it, it is a special you know, one minute, 44 seconds um, of my life. And, and it, you know, it brings back great memories. Can you imagine what it's like to commentate to the world on that race <laughs> like I did? <laughs> yeah, it must have been, must have been a bit of a crazy one. I was saying earlier in the interview, I can't think of any other countries that go one, two in an event, gold and silver, you know, Phelps Lochte, you know, they were on the IMs and stuff like that. They had it covered, mm. you know, Hackett Thorpe on some of the freestyles. You know, there aren't many, there aren't many pairings like that. So it is really, really special. Yeah, it was, it was an honour to be part of such a great race. Now, the bar has been incredibly highly set by you. you, yep. ha- you there's no way you can come down below that. Yep. So how are you feeling about the expectation level that now is on your shoulders? Yeah, it's something I was, I've been speaking to Dave about, actually. Um, there is a very high expectation. I will be going in with a target on my back, and it's something we've, been, we've, we've known for a long time. But then I feel like every time I step on the blocks, there's a degree of expectation, whether it's a small open meet or a, or a major competition. You know, I'm an Olympic champion. I'm expected to defend that title and there'll be people chasing after it. But it, it is such a tight race, though, that it is going to be very hotly contested. So it's something I'm acutely aware of. Uh, it's something I, I, I enjoy. I enjoy having that result behind me. I wouldn't change it. Um, and I, and I, I take confidence knowing that I've delivered that time in the past and I've delivered that performance at the major meet in the past. And it's something I'm going to carry through with me to world commies Europeans this year. How did the Murray Nostrum go from your point of view? Yeah, a lot of fun, a lot of tired racing. It's, it's hard racing in a, bit, in, a, in, a, in a heavy block of training. I'm sure the other guys would say that as well. I had to work for a lot of those swims, you know, work for the touches and stuff like that. But, but you know, to come away with three wins out of four events, I can't complain with that at all. It's really special. And, you know, you get a taste for some international racing again. I think from that perspective, it's, it, it, it went as well as it could have. So let's look at the programme to come, Worlds, then Commonwealths, then Europeans. What are you prioritising and will we get any surprises? Are you going to try things like 200M, for example? 
as, as it stands, I'm prioritizing the meet that's right in front of me, the World Championships. As soon as that's finished, I'll put it to bed and I'll prioritize the Commonwealth Games, which will be the next one right in front of me and, and, and the Europeans following on from that. So that's how I'm approaching these, um, these three months. I think that's the only way I can go about it. Otherwise, it'll just be too much of a daunting task. Uh, and yeah, I will be trying some new events. I want to try the 200IM. I want to do that on the world stage. I think that's really exciting. I did it at the trials and I went a pretty good time and you know, I haven't done it in three years. So yeah, it'll be, it'll be cool to race that one again. And it's always a lot of fun to try something new. Um, but yeah, th those relays are going to be something as well. Have you discussed doing the 200IM with uh, Duncan Scott by any chance? Or has he said to you, please let me have one to myself, would you? I don't think, I, I think Duncan is very, is very much got the 200IM on lock at the moment. He's an incredible athlete in that, in that event. Um, he's, he's, you know, a bit further ahead than me on that than he is in the 203 I, I, I'd, I'd be very happy if I could keep that event and he just stuck to the 200 but you know we, we've ended up crossing over in this respect as well so um, yeah I think it's it's just it just makes me laugh how like the two fastest like the, the, the second fastest person in the world in my event the 203 happens to be from British swimming happens to be up the road and we happen to be pretty good mates as well it's just what a coincidence um, but you know it, it, it is brilliant like, I wouldn't have it any other way as well but yeah the 2am it started to come back into my repertoire you know just like it came into Duncan's a few years ago and and it'll, it'll be fun to go head to head with him on another event as well but no he is a he's a very strong athlete on that one one thing you didn't bring back from Tokyo was the world record in the four by two is that going to go down in Budapest I should hope so because we were so close we were so close in that world record and my swim on the 203 wasn't as quick as it could have been um I think the fatigue of the events kind of got the better of me slightly so I know if I if I swim the time I'm capable of then that world record is is, is well within our grasp Okay, so tell me about your programme for Budapest. What events are you doing? So I'll be doing the, the 203 and the 200 with my, my individuals. Um, so I'll be hitting them hard and then I'll, I'll, I'll have a number of relays on top of that. 4x2, 4x1, potentially mixed as well. Um, so it's going to be a busy schedule. Will you get a break this year at all? Because there's no, no ISL at the end of the season, yeah. so that maybe helps a little bit. Yeah, I will be taking a break at the end of the season, just like I did at the end of last season. That's something that really helped me going into this year. Switch off, recharge my batteries, spend some important time with my family and my friends and and you know we live such a rigorous lifestyle you know we have to we have to stick to this regime down to the letter because we we, we can't perform any other way and, and it comes down to such fine margins it's unavoidable and with that comes sacrifice you know you don't get to go out with your friends and your family as much as you might want to and, and that's why breaks are so important i think physically mentally so I'll definitely be taking one this year. Have you found anything away from the pool that now gets your involvement or enjoyment that you perhaps didn't have before? Um, I'm trying to I'm trying to play a bit of golf as and when I can. I don't know. I've been posting a little bit about no, it. Not with I? Jimmy the Bandit. With Jimmy the Bandit, I played this morning with him, and you know, don't want to blow my own trumpet, but I did get the win this morning oh, right. over nine holes. So I don't know if he's mentioned that one, but uh, no, yeah, I've been starting to play a little bit of golf, um, mostly with Jimmy, with my with my flatmates as well. Um, get outside, enjoy the beautiful days when it's like this, and and, and you know, get a bit of fresh air and, and stretch your legs, get away from the pool. You know, that's that's it's everything I could ask for in a hobby and, and something I've really started to enjoy. Have a great Budapest, have a great Birmingham and uh, have a great year. Awesome, thank you very much. Right, with Dave McNulty looking ahead to the World Championships which are just 11 days away, Dave. Now tell me about this year from a coach's point of view. There's so much mm -hmm. happening in such a quick space of time. Yeah, well I think, Bob, I've been doing this a long time and I've never known it like this. I've got 11 weeks left of this cycle and I've got a World Championships, I've got a Commonwealth Games and a European Championships. and. We're the swimmers are tapering for the Worlds, because that's our main aim. We'll come back, we've got four weeks where we're going to double taper. We're going to do two weeks up and two weeks back down for the Commonwealth Games. And then we're just going to bounce on to the, to the Europeans, because that's about a week later. So the majority of this season that's left will either be tapering, resting and competing. And I think there's two weeks of it where we'll step up. But, but all, now all the work's done. It's banked. And I've told to the swimmers, don't think of it as a season from the trials to now. Think of it as the, the season was started on the 4th of January. Because that was 14 weeks to the trials. I give them three days off after that. And then we just literally keep going until these worlds. So I think if you see it as an eight-week preparation, it'll, it'll mash where you head a little bit. Mm -hmm. If you see it as a 28-week preparation from January, uh, you'll be all right. But, but I've never known anything like it. But at the end of the day, I keep saying to myself, for them 18 months to two years where we couldn't swim anywhere, it's all here now and I can't wait to get going. 
you're probably thinking coaching, you've seen everything, you've done everything, but this must be for you pretty much the ultimate test. Absolutely. It is. And when I looked at the, the, my tape of plans, to be honest, a lot of it's new. And I have double tapered before, and I can't remember what that was for. I think it was 214, commies and euros, and it worked then. Um, the distance people found it quite hard. Um, but I think it's, it's what you do, isn't it? It's day-to-day coaching, getting them to believe in what you believe in. And if you sell your plan, you sell your taper plan to them, you'll get them. And, uh, and I'll keep reminding them, for years we couldn't race anywhere. And what a great summer we've got with Budapest, with uh, Birmingham, and with um, Europeans over in uh, Rome. Yeah, so I can't wait. From your point of view, you got quite a hard act to follow, your own act to follow from last year for what you achieved in 2021. Yes. How are you going to top it? Well, I hope so. I've, I've given a few talks where I've said I want Bath National Centre to be a conveyor belt of major medals. And, and we've proved that at the last few Olympic Games. Uh, last year was amazing, Bob, you know, for Bath to come back with eight medals, seven gold and a silver was just outstanding. I still pinch myself and I think, God on earth, how did that happen? Uh, but it did. And I think, you know, national centres should produce medals, medal halls like that. And that's British swimming now, where we used to go to a meet and hope we get one or two. And now we go away hoping for a fistful of medals and we want to play our part. And any time there's a major championships coming up, I want us to medal and medal really well. So for Bath National Centre, we just keep going. We keep going. What about keeping your swimmers' feet on the ground? Because you had some people who had massive breakthrough years last year. Well, have expectancies of themselves, as indeed you do. Yep. It's trying to go, right, uh, you've got to keep ground because you've got big events to come. Hey, absolutely. You know, we didn't have anybody retire after the Olympics and it's because it went a year later and you're a year and a half already into a four-year cycle and people just didn't finish the sport and retire like they would after a normal four-year Olympics. And we had a group of five uh, gold medalists, Olympic gold medalists, and then they all got the MBE letters, so we've got five people with MBEs in the same group. And you're right, everybody's in a different part of the journey. Some are towards the end, some are right bang in the middle, and some are just starting. And some of it, you know, some people did come back and as an Olympic gold medalist and think, wow, what happens next? Um, is it a bit of an anti-climax? Is it what you thought it was going to be? And you have to deal with all that. Because as a coach, um, when I come back from a, an Olympic Games, because I put everything into that four or five year period, I seem to go into a bit of a slump as well. And at first I thought, is it because it was a bad Olympics? For me, that was 2004 where it was my first one and I came back thinking, my God, is that what it's all about? And then I had a really good 208, 212 and 216 and 220, but I still have that little slump when I come back where I watch all the other sports and I look at the medal table and, and it's just like a bit of a relief and a bit of an anticlimax and then it's getting back on it again. And I'm just hungry for more medals, me. But I can't expect all the swimmers just to be like that after a first Olympics. So with my experience, I try and guide them into what's next, what's coming up, where they are on the journey. Keep your feet on the ground. I mean, with Dino, he, you know, he, he got two gold medals and I still keep his feet firmly on the ground. I don't just let him wander off and do every opportunity that comes. He has to run it past me. And some of them we agree um, and some of them we say no. And if I agree it, I want to know how we're making that session up because we can't take our foot off that pedal. So we organise everything and we do it well and we do it as a team. But everybody's on different journeys. But we've had enough time now to leave that past behind last year and we move on now to, to what's coming up and what a great summer of swimming we've got. How much do you rely on people like Jimmy Guy, for example, who's come back to, what, 10 years in the international now in terms of helping out everybody else and giving them advice as well? Yeah, he's a great one for the team because he's done numerous Olympics. He's, I think he's on his fourth or fifth Worlds now. And you're right, it's took him till he where he is now to be comfortable at where he's at. I had a great meeting with him when we were in Turkey on a camp just about six weeks ago. And he's like, right, I love where I live. I love the dog I've got. My girlfriend's happy here. And he's just, he's, he's at a stage where he's just happy and he's got a smile on his face. And you know, that means a lot. You know, he moved over about three years ago from the group with Joel Fink. And um, he's just reinvented himself in a different way. And now he's the reliable one. He's the one that we go to for advice where just a few years he was doing all that. And it's great to have people in different stages. I mean, Callum Jarvis now is 30 years old. He's Olympic champion. He's world uh, champion. And he's come to the end of his career. And he's got loads of good advice for all the athletes coming through. So absolutely, I use them great swimmers as well uh, for the group dynamics. Absolutely. 
Finally, do you set expectations, targets, medals, or anything like that for the next few months? Yeah, I always look at a four-year or five-year Olympiad and think, right, what do I want out of that? And, uh, you know, I do set myself little medal targets, and that's for myself, and I've already got them targets in mind uh, for the next few Olympics. Basically, I've got 12 Olympic medals, and I want 20. And that might take me two or three more Olympics, but that's where I am. I want to be on the coal face. I want to be producing Olympic medals. But then I work backwards, and for me, the pinnacle is always the Olympics. But then the World Championships are huge. We've got one every year coming up now. And like I said, I just want us to play our part in the medal success of British women at every championships, whether it's Commonwealths, Euros or Worlds. I want us to play a major part. And now when we are a, a nation that gets, you know, six, seven, eight, or even more medals, you know, we've got to get a bunch every time from Bath National Centre. And I know it's there, that's the expectations I've got, and I put them on myself, and I put them on my athletes. I talk to my athletes about their little journeys, and I might have little, you know, Dino now, in two years' time, has got to be, he's got to retain his title at the Olympics. And when we look back, all them massive names of Ian Thorpe and Grant Hackett and Ryan Lockley and Michael Phelps, nobody was able to repeat the 200 free. And I've said, right, that's, make our, that's our starter, that's our goal, let's see if we can do it in two years' time to retain the 200 freestyle uh, Olympic title. So that's amazing for him. And he's funny, just a day driving up here, I thought, you know what? He's got commies, Euros and Worlds coming up, but he only got, got gold medal at the Olympics first, where normally you, you build up to them things. So he's got the biggest one first. This summer he could add to that with all the other ones coming up, and it's an exciting time for him, absolutely. Right, Freya, let's uh, ask you the question that always gets asked in commentaries all the time. What is your best event? Ooh. I would say at the moment I'm thinking it's 200 free. I think my stroke's more suited to it and, um, you know, I've done the 100 for like all my professional career um, and just started dabbling in the 400. So I think the 200 is just the perfect, like in the middle, what I prefer, I think. Can I stop you on the dabbling? Because a lot of people with your stroke and your endurance feel that actually you're a natural 400 freestyler and we don't have many of those female at world level right now. True. I think I'd stop saying dabbling when, you know, I get my time down. Like 408's not exactly world class, but there's a lot of room for improvement. Um, so I don't know, I'll have to see what I can put down on the worlds. But it's been good to sort of try out a different event because I've done 100 for how long now? 2016? Six years? Yeah. Six years? So it can get quite boring. And I only added the 200 a few years ago, so it's nice to just expand my schedule. This year, we were talking to the instruments about this, is very full on. Worlds, Europeans, commies, it comes in a bit of a rush. And for a multi-eventer like you, that must be even more difficult. Yeah, and especially with relays. Um, so my world schedule does look pretty packed, but then obviously we've got a lot more depth now in, with the British women. So, you know, I could fill in spots for people in the finals and all that. So it kind of calms it down a bit. But I guess doing a lot of races in a a week and then having to do it again and again and the commies and Europeans can be quite daunting but like this is what we train for you know like all the racing so it should be fun. And they see what the men have done in the 4x2 how much does that inspire the women's 4x2? Yeah I think it definitely does um, I think we were a bit miffed that we didn't get taken to the Olympics um, but you know we, we just started to sort of discover the depth we have um, I think at trials was it three of us going 157 um which is not too shabby um so yeah and knowing what the boys have accomplished maybe it's something that you know us girls can start looking forward to there's a lot of depth though in women's 200 all around the world especially in like australia and canada and america uh, but it'd be nice to start being able to compete against them you crammed a lot into a very short space of time in swimming what are the biggest improvements what's the biggest steps forward you've made uh, I think my likes it just in myself, like my self confidence and like just knowing that I can, you know, come back from setbacks and my resilience is one thing that I've discovered in the past year I guess. Um, just how strong I've become as a person. Um, and yeah, I quite like things being thrown my way and I try and overcome them. 
How much did the ISL help with that, being in a team environment, also being in Budapest, of course, where the world is going to be? Yeah, no, the ISL there was amazing, um, especially the team environment and, you know, the relays and also, like, you and your teammate, two of you are going against, you know, three other teams. Um, and it's that's also quite a hectic schedule, so just having the like, confidence that you can do that, like, six or seven races in two days, um, it's quite good for your confidence, you know, when it comes to the big meets. And being in the team with everyone from around the world is amazing. Like, I've got friends now that I'll just stay on the poolside from like different countries, which is amazing. You must be, I won't say tinkering, it's not the right word, but you must be altering things, changing things, maybe re-evaluating things. How difficult in a year like this is that to do? Um, yeah, there's not really a lot of space to do, make big changes and stuff, especially when you, you know, you can go to the world and then bounce on a month later for the commies and then a week later for the Europeans. So. I don't know, it's kind of just maybe being able to adapt um, and not stressing because there's not a lot of time to be able to make big changes. Um, but we have had like a really good block of training since January, so hopefully that's done the job. How weird must it feel to be thinking that it was nearly a year ago you were at the Olympic Games and then the next big events come around this quickly? Yeah, it's mad, especially when you say the world is basically next week. Um, well yeah it's flown by and obviously there's been a lot of disruption in between then and now um, but I'm really happy where I'm at in training and stuff especially these last few months uh, it's been going really well so hopefully at the Worlds I can prove to myself what I'm capable of and is Budapest in a way a bit of a home from home because you know the pool so well now yeah I, I love going to Budapest and the pool's fast and you know raced there three or four times already so and obviously it's just amazing facilities it, it does actually feel like a home away from home um, yeah and the, the Hungarian crowd is always amazing if, if there is going to be a big crowd at Worlds so I'm really excited to get back there what you haven't done yet is a home comedy I don't think you've swum in the new pool yet have you? no not, I haven't swum there yet but being there with the home crowd is going to be amazing I'm really excited for that and to represent Team England so it should be really fun expectations of yourself for this year I mean do you set targets? um kind of I don't like to put expectations on myself I just I would like to put down you know times that I know I'm capable of and race plans that I, that I should be following and stuff and just try and prove to myself more than anything that I I've still got it and what's it like being part of this GB team the most successful team that we've had for decades actually being part of it yeah and when you put it like that I guess it's quite impressive um but no, it's amazing. And just the team spirit we've had over the last few years, it's just been like constantly building and building. Um, and everyone just has the best intentions for everyone, all the teammates. It's just a really nice, strong team to be a part of. And when do you start thinking about your programme for Paris? It's only two years away now, of course. Yeah, true. Um, I guess just see how I'm racing at major internationals in between now and then. You know, we've got three coming up this summer, so it'd be good to see that. and. You know, it depends how the relays start progressing with the girls. Um, so yeah, that's probably something to leave for another year or so and then stop like winding up and thinking about it. And we might see you on the first day of the Olympics in Paris, that's the 400 free on that programme. <laughs> yeah, maybe. you have to see how the, how the 400 training goes, but you never know. You're not committing yourself to anything, are you? <laughs> no, we're just, I'm still going to say I'm dabbling. <laughs> So that was Tom Dean, his coach Dave McNulty and Freya Anderson. Tom will be going in the 4x2 with James Guy and Matt Richards. Uh, Bob also managed to grab a chat with them. So starting with James, let's see what they had to say. I've got to be very careful how I couch this, but you're kind of been getting to be the old man of the team now. You're coming on to, what, 10 years at international level? I think so, mate. Yeah, 10 years. This is my 2013, 15, 17, 19, 21, fifth Worlds. Um, yeah, I remember being the young, the young Jack in the Box, James Guy at Barcelona. Um, how things have changed. So, 26 now, kind of like you say, the, one of the veterans on the team, which is you know great to be part of. But I'm still only 26. So, yeah, how fast has that gone? And how your career has changed? Because obviously, people initially knew you as a 400 freestyler. That's yes, changed too. Yes, it has changed. I think as if, as I've got older, you know, one thing I learned when I was younger was that try and do as much as you can. I think. The freestyle route was kind of really, really important when I was 17, 18, 19. And the 400 freestyle was always the main event. But as I've got older, the kind of the, the two and a three came to focus, 100 fly as well. So, and obviously I needed for the relays for the team. But I think right now it's yeah, it's weird how your body changes, and I think it's just weird how I've gone from one extreme to the other. So yeah, it's it's nice. 
Can I talk to you about James Guy as a relay swimmer? Yes. Because you really come into your own at relay. Tell me what it is. What are the mindset, the physical aptitude maybe that you have for that? That you, we, we see a, almost like a different James Guy when you're in a team situation. Yeah. I think one thing I've always learned is as I've got a bit older, um, I felt a lot more comfortable being in the team and that, having that pressure on me to deliver for my teammates. And I think when I was going into probably 2019 and 2018, I didn't have the background work I, I had done before. So I was lacking a bit of confidence in myself individually. Um, and I think one thing I realized was that I knew that I, I hadn't done the work behind me in the, for the in my individual events. Um, so I get on the block and think, actually, have I done enough work? And I think now where we saw in Tokyo how fast I was and how you know brilliantly it, it, it all went, it kind of reflected on me saying I was a lot more confident in myself and what I was doing. And I think that's the way for me now going in towards back into the individual route and relay route I was just a lot more relaxed in the relays and I think I could kind of not think about what the work I had done and rather than overthinking things um, I just felt a lot more at home and that's the way I think I've kind of carried on into this year which has been quite nice Is there a worry is there a danger for you that you'll always be thought when you retire as a relay swimmer not an individual swimmer? Um, no definitely not I think obviously the last maybe the last two Tokyo it was I sacrificed my individual for my relay event um, but you know that's completely unheard of to put the team first at the Olympic Games which has quite, actually been quite nice but you know I was I won the individual 2 and 3 at the World Championships when I was 19 I've medalled individually at a lot of meets so I think as I've, as I've got older things have just changed a little bit but you know I'm still kind of up there individually in my events but I've always been told you have to deliver at the right time and I think maybe the last two years probably 2019, 2018 um, they, weren't the, they weren't the greatest years for me I didn't swim very well um, but un being under Dave I think you know, the 100 fly was a really kind of one I pulled out with at the games. Um, but yeah, I don't think about it at all. I think I remember there's James Guy, who's, you know, did really well, had a great successful, successful career. Um, and being crowned a world champion is something that can, that can never be taken away from you. Tell me about your partnership with Dave McNulty. He's, what, three years old now. How's it flourished? Um, I think, obviously, Dave's really, really good in the aspect of, you know, he kind of individualises a lot of things for you and what you need. Um, you know, I might need something different to Tom or to Freya. I think that's one thing he's quite good at, but one thing he'll always do with David, he'll always make sure you've done the work, and I think that's what you need going into big competitions. You can't get on the block and think, oh no, I haven't done enough here. Um, and that's one thing we've always done is, I think, being with Dave now, this is my, as you said, third year. I think obviously, Tokyo, obviously 2020 was completely ruled out, um, but 2021 it went really, really well, and I knew I was going to swim fast, and that kind of showed with my times I went in, in the relays I did. Um, and that's one thing I think we do really well is we work together as a team, but also do the, we do the work together in the pool, which is important. Have you parked the 200 fly now? Is that definitely in, back in history? Uh, 200 fly, I'm going to do it at the Worlds. I'm going to do it. Um, I think just see what it's like. I've been doing a lot more of the, of the endurance-based stuff in training on, on the 200 fly. But then I also think it helps the 100 quite a bit. So we'll see how this year goes in the 200. But then I think in, going forward next year, we'll see how that accolades. But obviously the 100 fly is still I want to do well in. Um, I know I can drop time in that individually and you know it's doing it at the right time when are we going to see that 49 high that's a good question uh, hopefully at the right meet at the right time and you know obviously everyone would love to do it at paris which is the, obviously the, the the main goal um and that's one thing i've always learned is swimming fast when it counts um, obviously this year's a bit of a, of a different year everything's kind of is kind of crammed in you know quite close together but this year you get what you get it's post-olympic year it's a busy year um, and after that it's two years to go so it's quite a short cycle really in terms of prioritising this year, Commonwealth Games, World Championships, yeah. you know, two big events, and obviously a Commonwealth Games in your own country, which you've never had before. Yeah, um, I think kind of obviously the Commonwealth is really important, but at the end of the day, a world is a world. Uh, it's a World Swimming Championships. It's in Budapest. It's a good crowd, um, and you can't you can't dismiss that, and that's really important. So, and I think you know, obviously having a Commonwealth Games, a home games, probably my last one as well. I don't really know. Um, you know, you've got to enjoy every moment of it and I really embrace what you're doing and trying some fast when, when, at the right time. So obviously Europeans in Rome, middle of the hills, it's a fantastic pool. Um, the food's fantastic. It's the crowd, the Italians love swimming. It's going to be great all three meets. It's nice to have a crowd again. It's been three years since I had a crowd at a meet since Guangzhou. So yeah, to have that embrace, the energy the crowd give off is always really, really important, especially at home games. Yeah, and going back to the fact you know that pool intimately, you've swum there so often now, how much of a bonus is that, that you know the pool, you know the environment, you know the place, you know where the locker rooms and everything? Yeah, I think that's kind of always plays into your favour. Um, 
I think Budapest now is my fourth year, fourth time going to Budapest. Um, it's fast. I've got good history with it. I've some some amazing times there in 2017, 2020, 2021 in European. So I know how it bodes, um, and I like it. It's good energy, and it's a, it's a good pool. I'm, I, I I get excited to race there. Old dogs, new tricks. Are you trying anything new this year? Have you been doing anything with Dave that might be different to what you did last year? Yeah, I think one thing I've been doing a lot more is whenever we're doing the harder kind of top end real endurance endurance hard sets is doing that butterfly um, I think that's to kind of help the 200 a lot more um, I said because obviously the Tokyo where the Tokyo games worked out as most events like the top two per event were taken for individually so the 203 I can't do on this year so I said okay we'll leave the 203 let's do more fly work and let's see what I can get on on the 200 fly however I will do a 203 at the Europeans because it's top three um, but yeah that's one thing I've been trying to work on a lot more is doing that fly route go rather than doing freestyle all the time because the, the spots are taken, so what's the point? So that's how I looked at it this year. What are the targets, what are the ambitions left for you now? Because you've got pretty much everything in the locker, world medals, Commonwealth medals, yeah. obviously Olympic medals yeah. too. They, what, what is there left to fill the cabinet with? I think just, just more medals. I just think yeah. just more medals. You know, I've won everything under the sun. Um, yeah, I, I can't complain with my career and I've, I've loved every minute of it. And I think one thing I'm doing now is just enjoying what I'm doing. It doesn't last forever. And that's one thing I've really learned is, is just when you go to a meet, enjoy racing the best in the world, copy them, learn from them, and apply it into your own training. Um, but yeah, I've, I've had a great career. If someone said to me, to 11-year-old James Guy or 17-year-old James Guy, you're going to win this, I would have taken their hands off straight away. You know, it's, it's people's dreams to win Olympic gold medals and be a world champion. Um, and I've done that, and I can't complain. So Matt, tell me about your whirlwind 10 months, uh, or getting up for now 11 months since the Olympics. How's it been? It's been crazy, to be honest with you. Um, it's been nuts. That you know, it's been full steam ahead. Everything has has come at us at a rate of knots, to be honest. But it's been a hell of an experience, and one that I hope to experience a few more times again. <laughs> How long before everything sunk in after Tokyo? I imagine it wasn't immediately. No, no, it was definitely a couple of months afterwards. Um, you know, so straight after the games, everything was so hectic. There was so much going on that there almost wasn't a chance to sit down and reflect. So it was probably sort of coming up on your Christmas kind of months where, where I sort of really sank in and I was with the family and I could just sort of look back on, on what an experience that was. Just looking back at that race, looking back at the, the relay we're talking about now, uh, you'll know what I said in commentary on Eurosport about your leg. I mean, where did that come from and how did it come? Yeah, I think, um, you know, we, me and Joel had had a, an extensive plan on how we were going to swim that race. Um, we knew exactly who was either side of me. Uh, we knew exactly how I needed to pace it um, and we were expecting the Americans to, to struggle on that second hundred and so that's why um, the tactic for my leg was to, to easy speed that front hundred and build through the third 50 and then really bring it home on that fourth 50. Um, so it was, it was a great race, there was only a few things technically that I could have improved on in that race. There's a lot of things in training we can go back and improve on since but um, I didn't make many mistakes on the things we were trying to trying to get right in that race and so that gave us a great result because you know well that rookies in their first major event first major race like that can often freeze they can they can find it really difficult maybe go a few seconds slower mm. uh you did quite the opposite yeah absolutely i think um i've always performed quite well under pressure um i always find when the pressure's on whether that's individually or for a relay at the big meets i always find it somewhat natural um to to find another gear to step it up again um, and so for me, walking out for my first Olympic final um, with the Olympic champion, Olympic silver medalist and former world champion on the 200 freestyle around me, I was like, well, this is, this is the best place to, to experience my first major final. So, yeah, it was, it was you know, a, a great experience for me, but having those guys there just made it that little bit easier. How has your preparation for Budapest been? It's been really good. Um, it's been an interesting year, lots of ups and downs. Uh, we've been trying lots of different things in training. Um, but I'm excited to get going in, in Worlds and race with a good taper again um, and, and have a good scrap with the rest of the world. We, you know, we, that's what we do it for. We love racing. Are you able to give us an insight into some of the things you might have been uh, trying this year that, that worked, maybe some that haven't worked? Yeah, absolutely. So um, one of the things that maybe didn't work was on the lead into trials. We did a lot of gym work with me. Um, you know, we, we really pushed that. I was on four gym sessions a week um, and I put on about six kilos of lean mass. Uh, which is obviously a lot. Uh, that's a lot of muscle to put on in a short period of time. Um, and we figured out that that was probably a little bit too much for me. Um, it was, you know, I was making huge gains in the gym, but that wasn't transferring too well into the pool. So we've then um, reined that back since. Um, 
we've noticed the improvements again in the pool and it's looking really good but that's what it's all about it's about trial and error figuring out what works what doesn't and sticking with what works and not sticking with what doesn't how much input do you have into that or are you guided totally by your coach um, I think it's a bit of both. Uh, you know, the, we've got a great team around us who, who really know their stuff about the science. Um, but at the end of the day, the athlete's the only person that knows their body. So um, it's a mixture of the two. I think, you know, there's, there's the on paper stuff, if you like. Um, and then you've just got to find out what bits of that you can transfer across that work for you. Last year, one major event to build up to. This year, three major events to build up to. Um, how are you looking at that and how are you going to make sure your body holds up? Yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting challenge. Uh, it's one I'm really excited for. I've never experienced something like this. Um, you know, it's going to be interesting trying to figure out how we bounce on from three meets, essentially, whilst maintaining all the, the physical fitness and strength in the pool and in the gym. Um, but it's a challenge that we're very much welcoming. It's very exciting. Um, and I'm sure this won't be the last time something like this happens in my career. And so it's useful to get this experience now, figure out what works and what doesn't again and then we can we can take that forwards to to meet in the future keep talking to the swimmers about tapers because you're going to have at least two i don't know you're going to work it but you're going to have to get at least two in there and this is completely uncharted territory for you and to a certain extent your coach as well yeah yeah absolutely it's it's something completely new to us um you know so we're fully tapering down into worlds um i think the plan after that is going to be to try and go up a little bit again before commonwealths and then come back down um, and then bounce on from Commonwealth to Europeans, but it's it's definitely a challenge, um, something that I definitely haven't experienced, um, and I don't think many of the, the coaching staff and the team have experienced either. So um, it's going to be a, a great thing for us to to have a play with and figure out how to to navigate it. But we're not the only country in the world that are going to be doing it, so it's going to be great to see how we can compare to those other countries. No ISL this year. Are you going to miss it, or do you like the fact you're going to have a bit of a, a gap and a bit of a break at the end? It'll be nice to have a little bit of a break. Um, you know, the last couple of years, since things have eased up with COVID, they've been crazy. Um, it's been very full on, very hectic. So it's going to be nice to have a little bit of time in that short course season to to really get a good block in, you know, set up for the rest of the season next year. I think it'll be interesting to see how that plays out from a technical and a physical perspective. Um, but yeah, it's, it's going to be great. Um, but, you know, the ISL is fantastic. And so it's, it's a great... It's a great model and hopefully that that can get picked up again the year after and everyone can go back to it and enjoy racing again. When did you start thinking about Paris? Now. Now, I think, you know, we, we've been thinking about Paris as soon as the uh, the race finished in Tokyo. You know, we've, we've got a title to defend on that relay. Some of the other guys have got individual titles to defend and, and that's not easy. You know, everybody in the world wants those Olympic golds and so we've got to figure out how we keep everyone at bay and make sure that we come home with the golds again. How did you get that world record in Budapest? What's, what, what are you going to need to do? It was, it was so close yeah. in Tokyo. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, all of us have little things we can improve on. Um, I know for a fact I've got things to improve on. Um, and I think, you know, we're talking two one hundredths of a second. It doesn't take much for us to get that. That's 0.005 of a second each, which is a ridiculously small number. And we can definitely find that. Um, and it'd be fantastic if we could get that this summer in Budapest. The home stretch now for this bumper 100th edition of the Pool Boy podcast. Two more interviews to get that Bob managed to grab down in Bath, starting with Brody Williams, and then we'll hear from Jacob Peters. Right, Brody, tell me about 2022 so far. How's the year been? Yeah, it's not been too bad. Uh, obviously, main, most of it has been adjusting to Dave, really. Uh, you know, since Joel left, uh, we've obviously had a new coach in Dave, and uh, it's just understanding his philosophy and how training works with him. But uh, trials went well and obviously looking forward to the summer this year. How difficult is that from a swimming's point of view? You get used to a coach and then they disappear and you've got to get used to how somebody else works. They might have very similar kind of drills, but they're very different people. Yeah, I mean, in my experience, I've, I haven't actually had uh, that many coaches, really. I had uh, you and Dale for quite a long time and obviously I knew Joel from Millfield, so coming to him was quite an easy move. So Dave's really my first brand new coach that I've had as a senior swimmer. and. Uh, yeah, getting used to him is obviously, it takes a while. You have to adapt and, uh, you know, adapt to his rules and uh, his philosophies. But it can be difficult, but he's made it as smoothly as, you know, he can possibly be for me. And uh, I think he's had to adapt to how I feel in training. But yeah, it's been absolutely fun. So last year was your big breakout year. What did you do last year and what can you build on from that into this year? I think last year was, you know, even though it was a big year for me, obviously I, there was a surprise swim for me in that Fornschleier. 
uh, and I, I, to be honest, I still don't know where it came from. But uh, you know, obviously, I'm looking for you know, looking forward to improving on that, and uh, you know, just uh, t- tweaking little things here and there. You know, is how you just progress things forward, especially in an event like Four Inch IM. You know, it's four different strokes you can tweak and change, and uh, it's like a balancing act, effectively. And uh, if you get that balancing act correct, you know, you're obviously on for a good time. Anybody who does IM is always working on one stroke. Sometimes they're working on two strokes. So going into the world, what are you working on? Well, obviously, as a backstroker, you know, that's my strength. Obviously, I keep working that because I've still got the two back. Um, but for me, obviously, it's, it's that common saying, you know, use your strength, work your weaknesses. And for me, my weakness is breaststroke. So in training, a lot of, uh, a lot of the pace we do, um, I do try and work on that breaststroke, especially uh, getting that to like a nice even split in training. Um, so yeah, you know, it's, it's using my strength in that backstroke and uh, making sure that I have a good breaststroke leg. Do you feel like I feel in the same commentary, if, if you haven't got a good breaststroke, you can't be world class? Yeah, I mean, 400 IM especially, you know, that breaststroke is so important. Um, and, you know, you almost have to have like a 200 breaststroke uh, kind of feel to it. Um, and without that, yeah, you know, it, it sort of crumbles from there. If you don't have that, um, you'll see people go flying past you if you don't have a good breaststroke. This for you will be the most testing year in terms of events coming back to back to back. Um, in terms of getting the rest and recuperation you need, how, how's your timetable look? It's not too bad. Obviously, I've only got the two events at Worlds. Um, I think there's four days in between them. But um, if anything, it's kind of weird. It, doing ISL at the start of this year was first year for me. And uh, we had obviously had a lot of back to back races there. And, you know, on weekends, you know, back to back. And I learned a lot from that. Uh, you know just standing up and going again and going again um, you know because in the past I do I have struggled with doing that you know I, I do get tired pretty pretty badly after a swim like Fornish I am but um, you know it's really important to be able to stand up and you know go again Budapest first what are you thinking about that pool and thinking about that event um, you know I've been there before I went there last year for Europeans and you know it's a great great arena um, obviously this time it will have a crowd I've heard the Hungarians obviously love it they love swimming um so yeah i'm looking forward to that and you know finally having a crowd again but um as a pool you know it's great and uh the facilities there you know there's a lovely long course swim down pool and uh i'm sure it'll be a great meet have you thought about doing 200 am going forward um who knows maybe i'll give it a little whirl at some point uh you know obviously i do do my traditional events at trials which is 100 back two back and four am Bit of a weird mixture, but uh, seems to seems to work sometimes. But uh, yeah, two IM could maybe fit in the calendar eventually. But obviously, we have uh, a few big dogs at the top. So you know, we've got Duncan and Dino, who are obviously smashing it at the moment. Uh, so yeah, we'll, we'll have to see. In terms of backstroke time, how much more do you think you can trim it this year? I'm lo- obviously I'm looking for well, looking to try and get a PB. Well, I haven't done my PB since 2019 in the two back. Um, and you know, I think I think that will come. It's just uh, it's getting that event right. It's quite a difficult event to pace and get right, especially with uh, all the underwaters and legs and you know. But you know, I have a great, great well partner essentially, and Luke. You know, uh, you know, we've done two back together for quite a while at major meets, and obviously someone to look up to. And the way he does it is, you know, something I can look at trying to replicate as well. Um, but Dave, you know, Dave's training has been helping me a lot and I feel great in training. So, uh, yeah, we we'll just have to wait and see. Going back to Luke, I mean, you work in different centres. How much do you exchange views or ideas or thoughts about races? Uh, we don't we don't text that much. But, you know, when it comes to the major meets, you know, we'll play cards together. Uh, we'll talk, not necessarily about the racing, but uh, we've talked about racing before. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, he's he's great at what he does. You know, he's Olympic bronze medalist, for God's sake. Um, so yeah, you know he's a he's an inspiration to everyone. And uh, racing him as a junior, I remember you know looking up at his British records and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, it's just unbelievable to actually get to race alongside him. So what would your best event be as you're going? And what are your best expectations for Budapest? The thing is, yeah, it's a difficult question because I I don't know. It's been one of them weird periods where you know if you asked me last year before the trials, I probably said two back. You know if you asked me after the trials, I'd probably say four. I am this year don't know they're pretty even at the moment um you just have to wait and see you know if i final in one and not in the other then it might become more clear but um 
you know, I, I train both of them. I love training IM, and obviously that covers the backstroke as well. So it's something I'll keep doing and uh, keep moving that forward. Hi, uh, my name's Jacob Peters, uh, 21 years old. I'm an international butterfly for Great Britain. Right, let's talk about your life in Bath. How have things changed for you since you arrived here? Uh, it's definitely a much more professional outlook on everything, really. Um, pool, pool swimming club is great for me uh, at my early stages of my career, but I think since moving to Bath, everything's just kind of taken a step forward. Lifestyle, training, uh, everything that goes around swimming, really, it's just um, taken that one big step forward to help me reach my, uh, my goals. And what did you learn from your first Olympic experience? Um, major takeaway for me is um, you've always got to believe in yourself and trust the process and trust your um, race plan. Um, Olympics was good for me, but I feel like it could have been better. Um, I think the one thing that really kind of hit me is that I kind of uh, rushed my race a little bit. I kind of let the moment get to me too much. And my looking back, my major take back is you know you've got to trust yourself, trust all the hard work you've done in the pool, and just kind of let let that be the what shows everyone what you're made of rather than just trying to rush it and make it up on the spot because people forget you're still very young you're still learning your craft and still getting that so what kind of between Tokyo and Budapest what kind of improvements are you putting in place how different a swimmer are you now I'm a, I'm a much uh, more more kind of grown-up swimmer I mean I think that uh, I needed that uh, experience at the Olympics to kind of just like push me to take the next step um, I mean, it's always been what I wanted, but you never really know what it takes until you, you need to take it, really. And um, so over the last uh, last year or something, I moved from Joel to Dave. Um, I love training with Dave. Dave's a, a big personality on poolside, and I think that really helps me kind of stay motivated. Um, very loud and uh, explosive. If, you, if the mood drops for one second, he'll pick you up on it. So um, I feel like Dave on poolside is a, is a massive help. Um, I think I've grown up. A lot of the training I've done has been a little bit different to what I've been used to. I think a lot of the beginning of the season work, I'd put a lot more kind of fitness into it. Like I used to kind of just do a lot of race pace fly, a lot of um, not easy swimming, but lower level aerobic freestyle, but a lot of race pace fly. But this kind of season, I've kind of really made an effort to try and boost my aerobic uh, capacity, and obviously which will help my back end on the 100. But um, I've not lost sight of the fact that I am a 100 swimmer, so I need the speed as well. So I think just having that, becoming a bit more of a complete swimmer to help me finish races a bit better. How beneficial is it that you train day in, day out with other world's great fly swimmers and Jimmy Guy? Uh, it's, it's a massive help. Um, I love training with Jim. He's very supportive of me as well. Um, and likewise, I'm very supportive of him. And as a whole group, actually, in Bath, we're very supportive of each other's goals. Um, Having, having him and the rest of everyone to train with and really push ourselves against is a, is a massive help. Um, we as a group kind of help push each other on to reach our own goals and reach our own goals as a collective as well and as well as individually. Because there are some, a lot of events, you know this in British Swimming, where there's only one person out front who doesn't get tested all the time. So I imagine it's quite a good rivalry. It's a friendly rivalry between the two of you. Yeah, yeah, friendly rivalry. Um, since moving to Bath, actually, me and Jim have got a lot closer. Um, we didn't really speak too much before I moved. Obviously, that had that rivalry between us. And there's a bit of an age gap as well. So I was kind of looked up to him a little bit um, before I moved. And I still do look up to him a little bit. Obviously, he's an amazing athlete, but we're kind of more in a level playing field now. Um, kind of anything he can do, I can kind of do a little bit. Well, I want to try and do a little bit better than him. So there's definitely a little bit of a rivalry there. Um, but it's a lot of respect between us and um, we do push each other to achieve our goals. I think we could describe this year as pretty full on. Commonwealth Games, World Europeans, there's all sorts of things going on this year. How do you compartmentalise that? How do you prioritise that? Um, well, the thing is, uh, the main one is the Worlds, I think, for us, uh, followed by commies. Um, obviously, they're the first two coming up, so that's quite handy. It's like we don't really have to focus on Europeans until it comes around. Um, world's obviously on the biggest stage um, it's in front of the whole world everyone's competing uh, and that's where I kind of want to really prove myself that's where most eyes will be is at that world come of game uh, world games and I really want to kind of prove myself as an athlete uh, obviously commies is a big one so home commies especially and it was uh, Commonwealth Games kind of touches me a little bit personally as well because that was my first international uh, senior meet back in 2018 on Gold Coast 
as uh, a 17-year-old young lad. Um, so I think Commonwealth Games will always have a little special place in my heart. So I really want to kind of, especially it being a home games this year, I want to kind of take it and prove to myself that I am worthy of a, an international medal, especially get that medal in front of the home crowd. And uh, I'm sure it'll be an amazing feeling. Let's get technical in terms of tapers. It has to be tapers plural for you this summer. How, how do you get that right? How do you make sure you're not undercooked or overcooked? Uh, well, we put, well, I especially put a lot of faith in uh, Dave, I have a lot of trust in Dave. He knows what he's been doing, he's a world-class coach, as shown at the Olympics last year with the amount of medals he got. Um, so I think what our plan is to have a three-week taper into world. well, I'll have a three-week taper into Worlds, and there'll be, we'll have a couple of days off like to rest and recover and get fired up again for the Commonwealth Games. And I think we come back with exactly four weeks to go uh, into the Commonwealth Games. So I have a little two weeks like building our fitness up again and then drop two weeks back into commies uh, to freshen up, ready for racing. And then it's just a matter of bouncing on after Commonwealth Games to Europeans. So I think they're, they're quite close together. So, um, but yeah, I, I put a lot of trust in Dave and Dave knows what he's doing. So um, yeah, a lot of faith there. You trying anything different this year because it is a different year? Um, no, I think my tape has always kind of been pretty similar. Um, I'm a very uh, big rested swimmer. I don't I don't see I don't tend to swim as well as I know I can unrested um, something I'm trying to work on at the moment but um, I know I've always kind of got at least kind of up to two seconds really off, off on a hundred with a rest um, I don't know if it's a confidence thing or if it's a fitness thing or whether my body's just not um, capable of uh, swimming fast and heavy training but um, yeah, I think with a taper, I'm, I'm, I'm a completely different animal, really. And I'm already starting to see that in training, my times in training and the way I feel in the water. It's just I feel so much better. So uh, I'm really looking forward to Worlds and the competitions this season. Finally, could we see you and James Guy in the final in Budapest, the 100 fly? I think it's a real possibility. I think James is obviously an amazing swimmer. 50.6 is his best and 50.9 he did last year. So I mean, I'd be, I'd be shocked if he wasn't in that final. Um, me, on the other hand, I think I've got real points to prove. I've got hunger. I really want to be in that final. And I feel like if I do everything right, the build-up to the, uh, the championships um, goes smooth. I feel like I've got a real chance to be in there as well. Um, I think it's probably going to take a, a low 51 to get there. And to be honest, I think I've got that in my locker, So, especially with the way I've been training recently. So I'm really looking forward to it. Okay, that's it for this edition of the Pool Boy podcast. Thanks very much for listening uh, and for joining us through 100 episodes. Uh, we'll be back after the World Championships to review events in Budapest. In the meantime, if you want to get in touch, you can find me on Twitter at Poolboy or on Instagram and Facebook at Poolboy UK. Or go to poolboy.co.uk forward slash contact if you want to uh, drop us an email. Until we're back with you, thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Pool Boy Podcast. For more episodes, visit www.poolboy.co.uk slash podcast.